Welcome to our podcast, What's It Really Like? In this series of podcasts, we explore the lives of children who are life-limited or have complex medical needs. We wish to give voice to many vulnerable children and their families, yet we hope that it will have a light-hearted appeal and a global reach. People will have a chat with me, Sharon Thompson, and the purpose is to comfort those who need it. We also wish to educate and connect our community with medical professionals and organisations who need to hear what it's really like to care for an extra special child. Hello, Carmel. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining the podcast. You're a busy woman with the Jack and Jill Foundation. So tell me everything. We're going to chat nonstop. (laughs) Tell Tell me where you started with Jack and Jill, Carmel, maybe, and where you are now. Sure, that's a dangerous thing to say to me. Tell me everything, Sharon. I think this podcast would have to be 24 hours going for that. Um, I met Jonathan Irwin through a friend of mine called called Annette Kinney. Uh, her son, Alex, was supported by Jack and Jill. And I was working in public relations at the time, media, and she said to me, look, I'd love you to meet this gentleman. He has a fantastic story. He needs a bit of help in terms of strategic planning but he has a story to tell and you're the storyteller to help him. And I sat down and I spoke to Jonathan and he told me about his son, Jack, and how himself and Marianne had set up um, Jack and Jill. And I'd already seen him on the Late Late Show, so I already knew a little bit about him, but I was blown away by the courage and the compassion of this man um, who had had all this bereavement in his life because he had lost three sons and um, he'd lost uh, Jack uh, and he'd lost uh, an older son Sam who was 18 and and I found myself asking him the question you know how do you keep going Jonathan with all of this sadness and and he said well exactly that you know I I want to do something good um, and I can't just sit down and I know what needs to be done here but I was instantly taken aback by Jonathan and the simple service he had in Jack and Jill and I worked as his communications person for nearly 10 years and um, then I took over the role as CEO of Jack and Jill in May 2018 uh, which gosh nearly four years ago and um, so, so I, to put it in context, when I started working with Jack and Jill, my youngest child, Rose, was two. She's now 15 and doing her junior search this year. So I've worked with them for a long time. And it was through seeing what Jonathan and Jack and Jill had done for my friend Annette and the difference uh, the service made. That's what got me hooked at the start, because as a communicator, if you have a story that has that level of soul and compassion in it, it's a very easy job because people read it and they're absolutely inspired. So the material was there for Jack and Jill. And then I got to know a lot of the nurses and the families. And then I had the sad situation uh, three years ago when my own cousin's child was taken on our books, uh, Aurora. And, um, you know, I, 
I thought I knew Jack and Jill from the inside out, but um, to actually see how that story unfolded for my family in my family's kitchen on a Christmas three years ago when we knew um, Steph was expecting a baby and the sister-in-laws were there saying to me, we don't actually know what the prognosis is. We know there's a problem, but what we do know as sisters, we're going to be here to catch her and to catch that baby and to do what we can. And I wondered at the time, I, I, I said, well, will, will she end up coming Jack and Jill's way? And she did, and she's doing very well. Um, but you think you know something, but when you have to put it on for yourself there and you can see the anguish of the grandparents and the parents and their worry and that sense of the rest of the family saying, well, what can we do? We don't know what mm-hmm. we're dealing with. Um, You know, I think Jack and Jill is a very practical service where we have professional nurses who go into the family and the first thing they'll do is they'll listen to the situation and they'll look at the child's needs and they'll look at the wider family's needs and they'll go in there offering some respite, in-home respite and some practical assistance. And it really does work. So, yeah, I mean, a long answer to a question. Got involved in 2008, still here, and I am very proud to be the CEO now uh, with the responsibility to fund and deliver in-home respite um, for over 400 um, children and families around the country. It's just simply wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And everyone that we've been talking to in the Republic of Ireland have mentioned Jack and Jill in some shape or fashion you know you're such a vital and valuable service to everyone and as you say until you're actually in need of the service I don't think you realize how precious precious it is and as for Jonathan I just have to hear him speak and I'm I'm just enthralled he's the most charismatic wonderful man isn't he so um totally can see why why you started started on this journey yeah, and Jonathan is still involved, Sharon. Jonathan would love to hear you say that. So I hope he listens to this podcast. And congratulations to you. I've been listening in. And when we hear people like uh, Nina and Ashling, you know, talking about Jack and Jill, they can describe the service and what it means to them much better than I can, because that's what you have to remember. Every child is unique. Every family situation is unique. So what Jack and Jill means to one family will be articulated slightly differently to what it means to another. But you're right, Jonathan is charismatic. He's 80, nearly 81 now. I met him last week. We had our first all-staff get-together in about three years, and we were giddy to meet him. Now, uh, you know, he was absolutely delighted to see the team, and he's so proud of the legacy that his little boy, Jack Irwin, set up. Um, Jack was born in 1997 and actually, sorry, he was born in 1996. And, um, you know, it was Jack's home care plan that became the blueprint for Jack and Jill. Jack lived for 22 months. He died uh, on the 13th of December, 1997. And Jonathan and Mary said, look, we need to do something that's going to provide practical care um, for children like Jack because it's a lonely care journey and we want to be there for them and since then it's astounding 2,700 families supported over the last 25 years and Jonathan that charisma you talk about Sharon 
That's what raised 66 million for Jack and Jill during that time, which is some amount of money because it, it does take a lot of money to keep Jack and Jill going. And just maybe to put that into context, 66 million raised since 1997. Uh, we would have got 20% of that through the HSE. So that's 13 million. Um, but that means that you know, if you, if you do the calculations, and, and it's very prevalent in my mind at the moment because we're just doing the annual report, and, um, you know, we've, we've paid 46 um, million on home nursing care and respite over the last 90, or, or over the last 25 years. So that is some amount of care capital to keep it going. But, but it's priceless when you hear Nina Fitzpatrick talking about what that means. Um, to yeah. her child, you know, it um, is, it's but it's, just, it's, it's also, it's also um, like mind boggling for me as a parent, whenever I heard of Jack and Jill, again, it's a charity, really, like you're depending on you guys fundraising and providing millions, you know, to, which really like, there should be, there should be more support for you. Um, and there should be more state investment there should be, in this. There should be. and I'm, as you're saying that i'm just realizing that i got um uh, that name wrong it's actually neve neve isn't it yeah it's neve neve. Nine. sorry and yeah. i should say that because i know neve and ashley will all be listening and i can't believe i got neve's name wrong because neve is somebody who tells our story so well and her beautiful uh, daughter, Ava. So I just want to correct myself on that because it's very important to get names right. But yes, let's nail that discussion about the HSE. We are a charity. We need more money. Uh, you know, the HSE knows what we do. Uh, they know the difference uh, we've, we've made over those years. They've done the uh, independent research. They've, uh, they've spoken to families about it. They know the quality service that is Jack and Jill. And it has improved. It has improved in terms of what we get now. We get 25% of what we need every year from the HSE. Um, but we do have to get a more get onto a more sustainable footing because it's not equitable to say that a service like Jack and Jill, a vital service like Jack and Jill, that makes a real difference to families where you can actually see the money going into the home and providing these in-home respite hours. And everybody's crying out for respite. We're doing it. And we're that service that's right around the country. So we have that footprint in the community. So we tick all of these boxes and it's a real case of, okay, 25%, no, that's not enough. It's not equitable. And, and we're ready to make that case to the HSE and we're ready to collaborate with them and talk to them about it. And it's in everybody's interest to make Jack and Jill more sustainable. But, you know, Sharon, I don't want people panicking out there because we're doing okay regardless because what keeps Jack and Jill going is are the families who support us, who fly the flag for Jack and Jill and who raise the money that we don't get from the agency every year, year in, year out. And because what happens is they come back and they talk to me and they say, look, you know, I've seen firsthand what Jack and Jill does for me and I want to pay back now. So, you know, it's very much community-based and it's about supporting uh, local families and you know um, I'm just always inspired the way people do that that's what's kept Jack and Jill going that sense of community and all our partners who said look I want to support an Irish children's charity with a footprint in my community 
where I know the money will actually help a local child. And that's what kept what, what, what has kept us going. But yes, I mean, the more serious side of my job is uh, with our management team to go into the HSC and say, OK, look, you know, 25 years going. Um, where are we going to be in 2027 on our 30th anniversary year? What are the pearls of wisdom for that? And how are we going to make this service that is vital more sustainable? And I believe that the HSE um, know the value of Jack and Jill and the HSE will invest because um, it's the right thing to do. Definitely, definitely, because children can't be abandoned at home alone with no no nursing care and that's just you know the height of it because I know that whenever we were being sent home now this was 10 years ago um there was very little apart from again Jack and Jill um and Anne Riley was sent to our bedside and she was magnificent and I know since then you have nurses all around the country in rural locations which I think is vital because you think of hospitals and they're in more urban settings or in larger centres, but Jack and Jill is is everywhere out, as, as we say, out in the heather in Donegal. And they're ice road truckers during the winter. They are, <laughs> you know? they are the people. I mean, we've got 15 liaison nurse managers. And the way it works, Sharon, is they, as you say, are in all, all over the place. And Riley's a great woman. She's the woman you met. Uh, Eileen Niverku and Cork, Siobhan Reen and Kerry. Um, they're the people who are on the ground, but what they do is they mobilize a crew of nurses, local nurses and carers, and we would have 500 of them right around the country. So maybe just to say, you know, how Jack and Jill works um, for parents who are thinking of contacting us or don't know what we do is um, we usually get a referral in the maternity hospital um, and our nurses will go and meet family and they will assess the situation. And then within 72 hours, once the child meets our criteria, and I know that the word you hate, you know, but, but we have to draw criteria you have to. Her. You yeah. know, our, our, we look after children from birth to six years of age with severe to profound neurodevelopmental delay. Um, so there's a lot like highly complex medical conditions um, you know, there's a lot going on there. So what our what our, our nurses will do is they within 72 hours will actually have uh, a local um, nurse to the family, local carer, and they'll help that. They'll help to empower those parents to get the resources they need. So what we do is we mobilize that army of nurses right around the country, um, and that's what our service is all about. You're right; it's rural, it's urban. It's all over the place and you're never too far from a, a Jack and Jill child. Um, it's all about community, though. You know, we're, we're in the heart of the community. And most parents that we spoke to, we speak to, want to have their child managed and cared for and loved at home if they can, because um, it will give them that sense of identity. And um, there are things you can do at home that you can't do in hospital you know, that sense of comfort. And it's also about the other siblings, you know, being able to, you know, come up with a new family rhythm around this precious child that has all these requirements, these extra requirements, but still for family to function. And um, our nurses are navigators and they really help families 
to navigate the new way and to get around the system. And I'm so proud of what we do. It makes so much sense. Yeah, it's that it's that backup and that and that feeling that someone who has knowledge of conditions of the all the medical medical things that the child needs, the medicines, this you know, this the machines, everything. It's it's just amazing to think that that service is there and that there is somebody that will help these families. You know, so yeah, and it's reassurance often. It's that specialist knowledge, as you say, Sharon. You know, I've been in situations with nurses where they get to know the family, um, and the mum will call one of our nurses and will say, "This has happened," and they'll assess the situation over the phone. And, you know, with the reassurance of that specialist at the end of the phone call, it can maybe just give that parent the comfort and the safety valve that they know I'm doing the right thing here. I don't need to go into hospital or indeed I do need to go into hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, um, having a specialist there is just fantastic. And um, the work they do is just is just great. But I also find, Sharon, and I'm, you know, listening to people who've been on this podcast, we recognize the parents as the primary carers and the mom in particular um, will become a specialist in their own child's um, diagnosis and will read up on everything and will have all the notes and will, you know, our nurses are there to empower parents, not take over from them. And we recognize the parent as the primary carer and our nurses are in the home at the invitation of that parent because the parent has the instinct. Nobody knows a child like the parent. Nobody. That That's just massive too, I think, for a parent to hear that, you know, that their, that, that their knowledge of their child is valued and that it's understood and that it's a partnership really or, or at the very, you know, at the very most, it's just another ear um that that can listen and understand what they're going through and um, because it's a very lonely idea to be at home with a sick child and have no no one at the end of the phone or no one that's coming to check on them so I just think it's it's just an amazing you're an amazing charity and uh I know that you have lots going on in the future um you've got lots of plans we have, and I'm delighted to say on the 28th of May, uh, for the first time, I think in three or four years, we have a family fun day, which is going ahead. And that Yay. is the best day in the Deckerville calendar. And this year we're having it in um, Palmerston House Estate uh, there in Nace. And we'll have about a thousand people there. And, um, you know, we'll have lots of fun and it will all be about parents networking with other parents and you know i think there's face painting and magicians and shows and the theme of the day is heroes so it's all about local heroes superheroes so you know people will rock up including nurses in 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 their um in their costumes and it's lovely to actually see because i've been at these family days in the past where they see the nurse dressed up in the costume and the kids eyes are lighting up but the real emphasis of family fun day uh, it's siblings and the siblings are there and it is a reminder that they're not the only ones uh, that have brothers or sisters that have extra special yes. needs that you know have all this equipment at home over 20 pieces of medical equipment at home wheelchairs tube feeding 
all the rest of it that comes with having a Jack and Jill child. And you can see the siblings there and it's great for them to acknowledge that there are other brothers and sisters around. I remember one of the first ones I went to, uh, it was in the Royal Hospital Comanum at the time, and I had my own kids were fairly young. Um, and I think my, my son was about six at the time and he happened to say to me, you know, where's the magician on that you're talking about? And this other little child who was probably the same age as my Jack, and, and he said, now, the magician is on in the corner of that room there. There's stairs there. He starts at three o'clock. And there's also um, a great wrestler over there, sumo wrestling over there. And I just said to my husband, Jerry, at the time, he's definitely a Jack and Jill sibling because he was talking to me like an adult. He was so grown up, giving me a timetable, directions. He was so compassionate. And, you know, there's a twist to that one because the siblings of Jack and Jill children grow up a lot quicker than other children because they have a bigger responsibility. Um, and you talk about that isolation. You know, a lot of our parents, when they get a Jack and Jill, their, their Jack and Jill nurse in, and um, they'll use it to spend time with the other children to maybe go off shopping or do the little things that everybody else takes for granted. Because with mommy and daddy so involved with this child that needs around the clock care, it's very important that we don't forget about the siblings. Um, because a diagnosis like this is for the whole family to cope with. Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. But I know what you mean about um, a child because we've talked to other families on the podcast and they, they talk about the siblings and how involved, you know, they are um, on various levels with their, with their, with their brother or sister. And oh, it's just, I know. I, and I heard a, a lovely story recently um, where one of our, one of our children and the, the, the sibling, the brother was coming in and he had a play date and he brought, he brought all his friends in and they ran into the front room and his sister was there and she was, she was in a wheelchair and, you know, she had, she, she, she was, she was doing what she normally does with her mom and they just stopped in their tracks, the, the friends, and they said, oh, what's wrong with your sister? And um, he just paused and he said, well, do you know the mermaid in Minecraft? Uh, she's rare. She's very rare. And they just, Gone out to the garden, you know. Oh, and wow. I thought, you know, forget about all the terminology and everything else. She is blooming rare, and she is special. And uh, and in his eyes, that's what she does. And um, you know, our children will say, "You might say my sister can't walk, and my sister can't talk, but she talks to me." Oh, isn't that lovely? You know, she um, talks to me, and um, but. You were asking me about what else is going on. Look, there's always something going on with Jack and Jill. The big day is the 28th of May, and I'm going to be so delighted to see all our families there for a special day out, and I hope the weather keeps fine for us. Um, but, you know, we have stuff going on every week, every month in Jack and Jill. We're trying to get back out into the regions now. Before COVID hit, I'd been getting out to meet groups of parents on a month-by-month -month basis. So we're going to reestablish that and we have some afternoon teas happening over the summer. Um, we have uh, Christmas lunch is back on in the Shelburne. Um, and we also are asking people to remember up the hill for Jack and Jill come October um, because that's our call and our mantra. We're asking people to go up the hill for Jack and Jill and our families and our friends uh, do that. And uh, it raises a great amount of money and awareness for us. But we're a very lucky charity to be supported by you know 
families right across the country. And again, I would say, you know, to Neve Shine, Ashling, McNiff, and to all those parents who came for who gave a shout out for Jack and Jill and explained what Jack and Jill means to them. Thank you, because you are our community. You are our ambassadors and you are the ones who explain the difference that your Jack and Jill nurse uh, means to you so eloquently and so well. And telling our story is what we have to do for the next uh, 25 years. Thank you so much. This has just been wonderful. I'm just sitting nodding and and I'm actually emotional (laughs) because um, I just know, I just know what you do. And I just, uh, it just makes me, it just makes me very proud that you're on the podcast and also very grateful for what you do for families. And Sharon, I'm very grateful for what you do as well. I've listened to these podcasts and they're making a difference and they're getting the word out there in terms of what it's really like. And we've got to remember that these are just ordinary parents facing extraordinary care needs. And the power of a mum and the power of a dad and the way they'll walk to the ends of the earth for their child. Because people often ask that silly question, how do they do it? They do it because they have to do it. There's not a choice and any of us would do it in that situation. But they need to be supported. They need that safety catch, that expert, as you say, maybe just a phone call away, um, a visit from a nurse, some time out with the other siblings. You know, we're all going to be carers at some stage in our lives. And I think we need to be very careful about minding our carers. And Jack and Jill is all about empowering parents but I will say that again in our situation the parent is the boss we are there at their invitation and I thank all the parents who get behind Jack and Jill and who've kept it going and I salute Jonathan Irwin and Marianne O'Brien for setting up this simple practical service that has no means test no waiting list and as parents say to me it's one of the only services they don't have to fight for um And uh, it's a privilege to be the CEO. It's a big responsibility to raise the money we need. I do think we'll get there with the HSE. But like you, I'm so proud um, of what parents can do. And I'm so honored to meet people like you and parents who've gone on this care journey and who live on then to actually inspire other parents and to make it easier for other people. That's what we all want. Yeah, I think it's just so that people know they're not alone, you know, and that that you, that, that, that it's possible to get to get through this in a in a in a positive way you know that there are there are lots of wonderful things happening out there and you're one of them definitely jack and jill is definitely one of them so thank you very much for saying that we better end there because our thing is telling us we're running out of time we chat so much but look it was a fantastic um chat today and we will definitely have you back on carmel And we will chat to you again soon. Thank you so much for today and for doing this and for all you do every day. Thank you much, Sharon. Thanks for flying the flag. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.